Hello, hello. Hi. Hello, Sophie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. I am so beyond excited for today. And thank you for making time for this. Of course, Um, I'm so excited. I am so excited. So for those of y'all who don't know, I'll let Sophie introduce herself. She was one of my very beginning clients, um, almost, I want to say almost two years ago, which is crazy. Um, but Sophie, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone and give them a little bit of, um, um, about you. And then we'll go into your story a little bit. Sure. So my name's Sophie. Um, like Elsie said, I was one of her clients about two years ago, almost during COVID time. Um, I was a scoliosis patient. I was diagnosed with scoliosis at age 13 and put in a back brace for about two years. And I had two spinal fusions. I'm fused from levels T2 to L2. Um, And yeah, I worked with Elsie for a little over eight months, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. And she completely changed my life and I got Mm -hmm. totally addicted to lifting and just really saved me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, honestly, girl, it was your hard work. But thinking back to the Sophie who I first met, and the Sophie you are now is night and day. Like I get so excited when I see your content. And when like we get to catch up because I'm just like, who is this girl? Like she's thriving. But tell them kind of where were you if you can think back even that far to where you were when we first started working together so i would wake up in chronic pain every day um i've suffered with chronic pain for a little over i want to say 10 years um Mm -hmm. so probably the majority of my life um i have very stiff lats traps rhomboids my pecs uh very Mm -hmm. limited hip mobility i was suffering Mm -hmm. with a lot of nerve damage all throughout my spine and my glutes Um, and i was just mentally defeated at that point i was Mm -hmm. binging almost daily and i relied on substances to ease my anxiety and Mm -hmm. my pain levels Um, and yeah i just felt like there was really no future for me. And that was how I had to live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I started working with Elsie, things kind of just shifted. And I got to see, you know, I can do the things that the doctors are telling me not mm-hmm. to do. And yeah. I can live and I deserve to live a life that's not in constant pain or anxiety anymore. Yeah. Oh. Thank you for sharing that. And I know it's like probably even hard to think about now, but yeah, I remember the first few weeks, it was like you were telling me how like it was painful and exhausting for you to even like stand at the counter at your job. Like that's just how hard like the day-to-day life stuff was. And it wasn't that, I saw immediately that like you were a hard worker, you were driven. That was not a question. But it was just like, how can we get this girl back to a better place, like physically, mentally, emotionally? And there are so many things that I want to touch on. But what what was the breaking point for you when you were like, I know I need help. Like, I know I need to outsource this. What What triggered that for you? So I would say 
I'd always followed um, Catherine Nash on Instagram. I had followed mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. for a couple years before meeting you. And I met you obviously through her. Mm-hmm. And she was the only person that I'd ever seen on social media that was lifting with a fusion. Yeah. And all of my doctors had always told me, no, you can't weight lift. We're not sending you to physical therapy. I would beg them. I begged mm-hmm. them to send me to physical therapy. Um, I begged them to do something, take more imaging, look inward more. Why am I in constant pain if you told me that mm-hmm. I shouldn't be after six months? Mm-hmm. And after just years and years of the doctors never giving me an answer, and then mm-hmm. I saw Kat on Instagram mm-hmm. lifting, and she said mm-hmm. that she didn't have pain anymore. I mm-hmm. said, well, maybe maybe the doctors aren't right. Maybe I can do this. And I just took a leap of faith one day mm-hmm. <laughs> and was like, I need to DM this girl, and I, I need to sign up for this because I can't yeah. live like this any longer. Oh. And I'm so glad you did because it's crazy. I think you two are some of the only people that I know in real life who have spinal fusion. And like, I can't imagine, but just your perseverance and like wanting more for yourself, not accepting that answer when you like deep down knew like there is a different way. There is a better way. Like this doesn't have to be my reality. Like that just shows like how much of a fighter you are. But I like I said, we'll get into some of the other kind of things that we worked through together, but what were some of those main struggles that you came in with aside from the pain? Because obviously, I mean, that was absolutely mind blowing. And I would say like nothing short of a miracle. Did I think it would happen in like just a couple months that you would, you know, feel physically so much better, like so much more energy, so much more, alive? No, but I'm so glad it happened. But what were some of the other struggles that you'd love to, that you would be willing to share about um, that we worked through and navigated together? Yeah. So honestly, when I first started working with you, I was in a pretty toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. um, And I was surrounding myself and not only with that relationship, but just in general, I was around people on a day-to-day basis that weren't as driven as I was and didn't have the same goals that aligned with mine. Um, They didn't share a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really eventually kind of tore me down in a way. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. become the people that you surround yourself with in a way. And I adapted to their mentality. And I suffered with severe anxiety and Mm -hmm. depression. And I was at a dead end job. And I felt like that was it for me. And that was how my life was going to go for the rest of my life. And there were no other, there was no future for me. Mm -hmm. So I started to binge on food daily after, Mm -hmm. um, resisting and restricting food for so long with intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I developed a really unhealthy disordered eating relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, I relied on substances like marijuana to ease my chronic pain and my anxiety. And eventually that got out of control and I was smoking daily and 
having extreme, extreme exhaustion from being on birth control and that mixed with the marijuana. Mm -hmm. And I felt defeated every day of my life. And like, that was where my life was going. So Mm -hmm. yeah, eventually that needed to change. Yeah. And really it was a lot, it was a lot of the lifestyle things and like sort of doing that deep work. I mean, we, so much changed. And I, I remember like the tiny, just timid and really just like in a dark place, Sophie, that I first met. And I just like now, can you even comprehend? Can you even like imagine being there? I know. I look back at pictures of myself a few summers ago when we first started really working together and I was less than 108 pounds. I looked like skin and bones. I wasn't eating for more than 16 hours at a day. Mm -hmm. And my body fat percentage was less than probably no more than 13%. Yeah. Um, I didn't get my period. I was on hormonal birth control. And when your body fat percentage is that low, you're, you have basically no sex hormones. So yeah. Yeah. I was exhausted for the entire day. Yeah. Looking back at that, I can't imagine myself ever getting to that place again. No. And I'm so glad. I mean, not, I'm not trying to highlight any of the, you know, the hard times, but it makes you just realize, I want you to be proud of like how far you've come and where you are now. But what are some of the main takeaways that you felt like really pushed the needle forward for you? You know, coming away from the restriction, coming away from like the fasting, coming away from, you know, the anxiety and things like that. Like what, what really felt like it made a difference or was it just having support in general? So I think a lot of it was having support and finding a community of people that really shared my values. Mm -hmm. So when I first started working with you, I, you worked with a team of people Um, Mm -hmm. And I had, I always knew that you were religious and some of the people you worked with shared a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But that really resonated with me because that's super rare, right? Among like our generation of people, our age, people our age, even if they are religious and have a relationship with God, they're usually not very vocal about it because they're scared that they might get judged for it. So usually people don't post about that on social media or, or stress that a lot in their daily lives. But you did and the team of people you worked with did and that really resonated with me because I knew that I loved God and I had a relationship with him but I found myself drifting out of it because of the people I was surrounding myself with Mm -hmm. so I think that that really resonated with me finding a community of people who shared my values with my religion um Mm -hmm. And just creating healthier relationships in general and Mm -hmm. gaining self-worth and self-confidence through practicing my daily devotionals, through practicing just being kind to myself and treating myself as if somebody that I loved. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I remember having that conversation. I think it's the negative self-talk that we get so just caught up in. And this is something I've even had to personally work through so many times. It's like, I know that you mentioned, you know, when you're so 
you know, down on yourself and especially in the cycles of like binging and things like that, you really do start to just degrade yourself in your mind. It's like, there's no positive reinforcement. There's no encouragement. There's no compassion. There's no love. It's all just, how could you do this? And I remember having that conversation of how would you, how would you talk to yourself if it was your sister or your mom or someone else dealing with this? And I think, you know, obviously being plugged into a supportive, encouraging community is huge. And I'm so glad that, you know, you saw value in that. But I, I do, I think that, you know, even just these small things of like how you speak to yourself, that can make such a big difference. And I don't think people realize how much that inner dialogue affects, you know, how you, how you feel, how you think, how you see yourself. So I'm so glad that you're able to, you know, work through that. How is that now for you? Like, is it something that you still struggle with or is it something that like has been ingrained now? So I definitely still struggle with confidence and Um, Mm self-worth, body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. I look in the mirror and I still feel like I don't know what I look like. I see something different every day, Yeah, but yeah. I think that I have come a long way with it. Yeah. So using training as a way to escape and manage my stress has been mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got myself back into therapy and mm-hmm. I was always one of those people who thought of people that went to therapy as, oh, you, there's something wrong with you. Um, mm-hmm. You're dangerous or you're not mm-hmm. yeah. worth my time. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I, I thought that I was better than those people. But that's mm-hmm. completely the opposite. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you shouldn't wait to go to therapy until your life is falling apart. Yeah. That's not the st- that should not be the starting point. And unfortunately, there's such a stigma around it and mental health that mm-hmm. people get that impression and they're afraid to get themselves into therapy. And it has been one of the best decisions I could ever make for myself. I work very closely with my therapist. Um, We work on a lot of body positivity and different techniques to find the root causes of my eating disorder Mm -hmm. um, and just gain more appreciation for myself. So I do practice different techniques daily. I take time every morning to do my daily devotionals. Every morning I look myself in the mirror and it sounds so bizarre and so stupid and simple, but it's little techniques that like this, that if you're in a dark place, you're willing to try anything. And it make, mm-hmm. if it makes a difference, then mm-hmm. you do it. So every morning I wake up and I go in my bathroom and I give myself a high five in the mirror and I ask myself <laughs> out loud, how are you going to show up for her today? What mm-hmm. are you going to do for her? Because mm-hmm. I am one of those people where I am constantly working and constantly doing things for other people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that I do that because I care, but also because I want to distract myself from having to deal with my own issues. Yeah. Yeah. So I ask myself every morning, and this is actually a technique that I um, developed from a life coach and a, and a speaker named Mel Robbins, and she's Mm -hmm. great. 
Um, but I wake up every morning and I high five myself in the mirror and I practice other different techniques throughout the day to just better develop my relationship with myself. Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy with yourself, you're never going to be happy in any other relationship that you have. Yes. Oh my gosh. This like mic drop for real. <laughs> like, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I agree. I used to be, I wasn't anti-therapy. I just didn't understand how much I didn't know. And that's the thing is I truly believe everybody could benefit. I just recently started going to therapy myself a few months ago. Absolutely life-changing. I thought I had awareness and I did. I knew some things, but I had hardly scratched the surface. And when it comes to those deeper issues, and I know I do want to touch on um, this stuff with like eating and all of that, because there's such an emotional mental component like you and I had this conversation how many times so if it's not about the food right and I'm sure your therapist says the same thing (laughs) because it really is it's about something deeper we're trying to escape we're trying to avoid we're trying to our, our primal human brain is saying we need to do something to feel safe again yeah and oftentimes we just build that pathway of going to food and you know if you're, if you're comfortable, you know, sharing what kind of what that was like working through it in real time, because I I know firsthand it is, it is hard. So share a little bit about what that was like. And, you know, if you're willing where you are now with it, um, what's worked for you, what hasn't. So a couple of years ago, I, I'd say more than a couple of years ago, um, I developed a strong pattern of eating, of disordered eating. I was suffering with orthorexia, which for people who don't know is the extreme fixation on eating very, very clean and healthy foods Mm -hmm. to a point where you're restricting so much that it gets very mentally unstable. Um, And then that in turn led to a binging disorder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even after I would, I ditched my orthorexia type habits and started mm-hmm. eating, you know, normally again, yep. I was still so used to restricting that I would just binge continuously almost daily. Mm-hmm. And then I tried intermittent fasting because, you know, a couple girls at work were trying it. And mm-hmm. the people who at work were doing intermittent fasting, um, they would get asked out all the time and they would get praised for being skinny and being beautiful. And Mm -hmm. they got attention from men. And so I tried it because I craved that, I guess I was not, I was never considered myself to be a pretty girl like that. Mm -hmm. After trying intermittent fasting, I would fast for, you know, eight hours and then it turned into 14 and then it turned into 16. And then I was just not eating period. Mm -hmm. And I lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Then I started working with you. And Mm -hmm. I didn't tell you about my eating disorders for a little while. I think we Mm -hmm. got like a couple months in. And then I Mm -hmm. just felt so mentally defeated that Mm -hmm. I eventually opened up to you. Mm -hmm. And 
you were a little bit shocked by it, I remember, but you were totally like, let's just work on this. Thank you for telling Mm -hmm. me. I want to support you. And we started developing some techniques on how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I knew pretty early on that it was a way for me to cope with all of the stress in my life and the trauma Mm -hmm. that I had been through. And Mm -hmm. I also knew pretty early on that marijuana played a big role in it. It's not Mm -hmm. just the munchies Mm -hmm. (laughs) at Mm -hmm. that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So after stopping smoking, I was able to stop binging for a while. And I Mm -hmm. was in a pretty good headspace after finishing my second round of training with you after eight months. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I went back to smoking and it got to the point where it was at a very unhealthy level. And I struggled with that for a few years and I would continue to binge. Eventually I got myself into therapy and I realized that I've always struggled with OCD and Mm -hmm. having compulsions uh, and and habits and tendencies like that. But Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with you during one of our check-ins and I realized that I didn't struggle with my OCD compulsions anymore. And Mm -hmm. when I didn't, I was binging. Mm -hmm. So the stress never goes away. The anxiety, the habits, they don't go away. They just transform into something else when you get tired of one. So Mm -hmm. it's not binging and food that is the issue it's my stress levels and the trauma that I have been through in my personal life. So I started working with a therapist very closely to try to identify and heal from that trauma and heal and find the root cause of the issue. Mm -hmm. So now I am completely sober. Not that I ever (laughs) had any sort of large drug or substance abuse problem but now Mm -hmm. I just prefer to be completely sober and present in my life um, and work with my therapist and just manage my stress and anxiety so that I can eat the foods that I want to eat and feel good about myself and not care about my weight or my body fat percentage or if I'm bloated one day because I had something I wasn't quote-unquote supposed to have Yep. So I still struggle with it. It's still always the thing with an eating disorder is it's always going to be there. It never goes away completely. Mm -hmm. It's always in the back of your mind, but you can develop ways to manage it and to live happily and not let it control you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you're sharing this. And I'm so thankful that we're having this conversation because although like you know, initially when you, you know, came to me and you were like, Elsie, this is happening and I'm having these binges and all of this. I mean, it was not lost on me. And I don't know if you, you know, we never really had the, the conversation about like, I have a very similar story to yourself. And so coming from the background of the orthorexia and the being extremely underweight and, you know, the, over-exercising, just basically becoming a shell of a human because of, it, it, it stems from that lack of control in other areas of your life. There's so much else going on that basically you're grasping for straws to try to be able to control something. And yeah. it's your, it's literally a survival coping mechanism. And so 
you know, obviously it, it changed and evolved for you, but it's very, very common to see that that behaviors of the extreme restriction, it's like that it triggers this, you know, response in our bodies. And then it's, it's hard to get a handle on it, especially when the root cause, like you said, the stress and the trauma and all those deeper issues, if that's not dealt with, it's going to keep manifesting itself in some way, shape or form. It's not going to just go away. So it's, it's awesome that you had that awareness, like, Hey, okay, so I'm not doing this anymore, but now I'm doing this. And it's just basically like something is screaming like, hey, deal with me. Hey, like we're not okay. And, you know, I'm so, so glad to hear that. You know, it's so hard to do the work, but it's so worth it because you're right. You can get to a place, whether it's from, from the orthorexia, from another type of eating disorder, from binging, you can find that food freedom and it is nothing feels better than being able to not be consumed by that. And you're right. It's not linear. And we all have, I still have days where I struggle where I'm, you know, down on myself or picking myself apart, but having the tools to be able to know like, Hey, that's not me. That's not who I want to be. That's not who I am like working towards being. Those aren't habits. Those are not thoughts or habits or anything that are serving me anymore. But I'm so proud of you, Sophie. What now are your main goals? Like your aspirations in fitness and in life? Like what are you working towards? So after I start, after I stopped working with you, um, I always knew that I wanted to be a social media quote unquote, like influencer. I hate that word, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and I always knew that I wanted to be a personal trainer and help other girls that had similar issues, Mm -hmm. like spinal Mm -hmm. disabilities. So after working with you, um, and completing two rounds of that program, I continued to train and study about different training approaches, spine health, spinal disabilities, proper nutrition, how the mm-hmm. body works together as a system instead mm-hmm. of treating specific body parts at once mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. how stress and trauma affects the body. Mm-hmm. I worked towards earning my CPT mm-hmm. and I said to myself, why am I waiting? Mm-hmm. Why am I not doing what mm-hmm. I want to do right now? Yeah. Um, so I gained a following on social media and formed an LLC as an online personal trainer, specializing in clients with scoliosis, spinal fusions, and other spinal disabilities. I've also accepted a position at the local gym, that, and I'm an in-person trainer there, and I've grown mm. very close with my gym family there. Um, and my goals would just be to continue to grow my business and focus mm-hmm. on that and focus on my social media, my Instagram, TikTok, and helping people that have similar struggles. Yes. My main goal in life, I want to help keep, keep people off the table and avoid spinal fusions. Yes. If someone had told me at age 13 that there was a different alternative treatment for me and that I would have never had to get to spinal fusions it would have changed the trajectory or the trajectory of my life completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Granted, I would not have this career and I wouldn't be helping other people, but if I have to live with this, then 
I'm going to make sure that other people don't have to go through what I went through. There are yes. other options. Fusions are permanent and they should be, you should exhaust all other options before agreeing to a surgical procedure mm-hmm. always. If your doctor is not giving you an alternative treatment option, you need a different doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I can tell how passionate you are about it and I agree 100%. And I think it's safe to say that for any coach out there, it's very often the case that your mess just becomes your message and you want to help other people avoid the same mistakes that you've made. And I think you're doing an amazing job. Like I said, it is an absolute joy for me to be able to watch you like blossom and flourish. And I guess my last couple questions are really like, what would you tell someone who's on the fence, who is in similar shoes? Maybe they're struggling with food. Maybe they're struggling with their body image. What would you tell them if they're considering reaching out for help, but they're just still in that rock bottom place? So if you're at rock bottom, you can't get any lower. And Mm -hmm. the only person that's going to do the work is you. You can hire a coach and Mm -hmm. you can have all the help in the world. But if you're not truly listening to them, then it's not going to make a difference. You have to dedicate yourself to yourself. You have to learn how to cut off ties with people that aren't serving you and habits that aren't serving you. There's Mm -hmm. also the financial aspects of the Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. Save for it invest in yourself. Training Mm -hmm. and the gym and working with Elsie honestly saved my life. And if you're worried about the financial aspect of the process, that should never be an excuse. Save for it because you're never going to regret investing in yourself. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And honestly, I'm, I know I've had the same thoughts when I first worked with my first coach years ago, years ago. And I, I heard someone say, you value, you can tell what you value by what you spend your money on. Yes. And if we, like you said before, if you don't take care of yourself, if you aren't investing in yourself, if you don't believe in yourself enough to make decisions like that when you need to and put, you know, six months of, of, of hard work and improving yourself as an investment in your future, like, you can't, you know, sit there and be upset that things aren't changing. Sometimes you need to, and honestly it does, it expedites the process because you're able to, you know, gain so much knowledge and gain that community and have the support that you need. But yeah, I love that, Sophie. That's so awesome. And what other, uh, anything else, valuable tips? I know that you are a base of knowledge as well. So in regards to, gaining weight because I know that's not something we touched on but that's a part of your story too in such a good way you were able to you know restore your health restore your hormones all of those things so anything else valuable you want to share it could be about you know spine health facing your fears binging weight gain fitness in general I just would love to pick your brain for another few minutes yeah absolutely so a couple things come to mind if you hire a coach You hired them for a reason. You need to trust Mm -hmm. them. Um, If (laughs) he or she says that you need to gain weight and eat more, you probably do. Mm -hmm. I'd say 
actually, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the clients that I work with in my business, one of their goals is improve their relationship with food. Every single female that I have ever worked with has listed that as one of their goals. So if you're struggling with that and you think that you need to lose weight, chances are you don't need to lose weight. You need to gain weight simply Mm -hmm. because muscle weighs more than fat. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as eating disorders go, we touched on it a little bit, but food is not the issue. Mm -hmm. Food is not your enemy. Eating disorders are usually the result of other stressors in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you're struggling, Mm -hmm. work with a professional to help you identify the root cause. You're never going to get through it unless you delve deep into your trauma and into your past. Mm -hmm. As far as spinal fusions and anything medical goes, obviously exhaust all other options before agreeing to a surgery as spinal fusions are permanent. Mm-hmm. And just for medical advice in general, always, always get two to three opinions from different mm-hmm. doctors and different medical professionals, mm-hmm. depending on the severity of your scoliosis curvature and a lot of other factors. If your doctor isn't providing you with an alternative treatment, that should be an ultimate red flag. For sure. Yeah. Yes, those are all awesome. And I think that especially for someone who like both of us, when we started our journeys who are, you know, underweight, it's, it's really scary to think, oh, I need to gain weight. But I think weight gain gets such a negative, gets put in such a negative light and such a negative connotation that you forget that your dream body probably weighs more than what, you know, could blow away in the breeze. Like both of us used to be able to. So I've gained 30 pounds. In the I last year. Yep. I gained 30 pounds. See her. She <laughs> looks amazing. And I, I, I honestly, it's like getting that, you know, transformation. That is such a, it, it isn't, it, I feel like that's very telling of more so your internal transformation too. Like you're just an entirely new, like just badass woman. So I'm so <laughs> proud of you, Sophie. Um, Let them know how they can connect with you. We'll have all of Sophie's links and her um, social media platforms in the show notes. But any lasting parting words for our listeners? Yes. So I would say as far as gym anxiety goes and just Mm -hmm. lacking self-confidence in general, a lot Mm -hmm. of women are afraid to get into the gym Mm -hmm. and I've developed a mentality that I think is really important for all women to have. I used to be so shy and I would not talk to anybody. I was afraid to meet new people. I was afraid to get into the gym. I didn't want to get under a squat rack. I was afraid to put myself out there in school and just life in general. Now I run a social media account and that's my whole career is putting myself out there and making connections. So I've developed this mentality that are you really not going to do something because somebody else might judge you for it? You Mm -hmm. don't know if they're judging you. You have no idea, but you are feeling that way because of the self-confidence that you yourself lack. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. don't ever not do something and not put yourself out there because somebody else might think poorly of you. 
-hmm. at the end of the day, everyone is going to judge you. You just have to be happy and content with how you live your life. Yeah, so definitely. That's so good. And yeah, truthfully, people are so caught up in their own worlds, they probably won't even notice. And if they do, it says more about them than it does about you. But I'm so glad that you have gained that confidence and really just come out of your shell. Like I said, I'm so endlessly proud of you. Thank you. And thank you so much for everything today. All of your little tidbits and sharing your story and being vulnerable. Like I appreciate it. And I think we both can testify to sometimes people need to hear that other people have gone through it. (laughs) And so if you're going through it right now and you're listening to this, just know there is so much hope and that your future self is going to be so glad that you decided to take action and that you did not give up. Thank you so much, Sophie. Um, And yes, we'll have Sophie's links and everything in the show notes, but otherwise we'll catch y'all later. 